0: Good morning, Westridge. Good to see you today. Good to be here with you, both here and online. We're going to continue and wrap up our series, The Invitation, today. We've looked at the invitation Jesus extends us to, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Last week, Greg did a great job of taking, uh, talking about the invitation to embrace the family that God has given us in the church, looking at the familiar relationship that Jesus had with Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Today we're going to look at the manner in which we need to accept his invitation for relationship in a childlike faith. To begin with, I have a picture here that my five-year-old granddaughter drew for me not long ago. Now I, I looked at the picture, she gave it to me, and said, Grandpa, I drew this just for you. I said, okay, thank you, Michaela, I really appreciate it. And then I began making some guesses as to what the picture was. I said, uh, Is it the ocean? She said, No, no. I said, Is, is it Homer Lake? Close to where we, where we go fishing. I said, No, no, no. I said, Well, is it the cloud? Maybe some, uh, the sky with maybe some cloud? She said, No, Grandpa. I said, Well, what is it, honey? She said, Grandpa, it's squiggly lines. I said, "Okay, that makes a lot of sense." Okay. Sometimes the simplest explanation is exactly that, right? It's the explanation. I love looking at life through the eyes of a child. There's just something special about it. In, 18, in 1986, a best-selling book is written by Robert Fulghum entitled "All I Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten." And here's some of the things he says. There were 16 different things he said I learned in kindergarten, but here's, here's just some of them: share everything, play fair, don't hit people. Put things back where you find them. Clean up your own mess. Don't take things that aren't yours. Live a balanced life. Learn some, think some, draw and paint and sing and dance and play and work every day some. When you go out in the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. And here's one of my my favorites. This is the last one. Remember the Dick and Jane books and the first word you learned, the biggest word of all, look. Look. That's rather profound, really, when you think about it. Jesus was once asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He responded by calling a little child to him and then said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Friends, I believe that accepting the invitation of Jesus, to follow him, requires a childlike perspective. Today, we're going to look at following Jesus through the eyes of a child. And great words, isn't it? Faith like a child. What could Jesus have been referencing here, though, when he says, his, he tells his followers, the entrance requirement to coming into the kingdom of heaven is to become like a little child. I mean, what could he be talking about? For most of us, it's been many years since we were uh, little children. And sometimes it can be very challenging to understand what Jesus is talking about when we are talking about a perspective that we're no longer in ca- enduring or going through. But I want us to try today to put our, ourselves in the shoes of a child. I'll tell you, I love being a grandparent. Several of the things I shared today are going to come from personal observations. I mean, there were quite a few things that ran through my head when I, I began to consider this message for today, the faith, the, the, looking through the perspective of a child. Everything looks big to a child, right? I love childlike innocence. Children tell the truth unfiltered. Children love to play. They have a simple way of enjoying life, and they have that, that sense of wonder as they experience new things. Jesus loved children. A chapter after this passage I read just a moment ago, parents were bringing their little ones to Jesus so he could put his hand on them and and give them a blessing. His disciples, seeing what was taking place, (laughs) rebuked the parents. Basically, he said, get these kids away from Jesus. He's way too important to be bothered about little ones like this. Come on, get away, get away. Jesus, (laughs) he saw what was happening, and he said, Hey, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The children were not considered to be of great value in Bible times, but Jesus thought they were extremely important. So much so, they used them as the model of what it means to be a follower of his. So Jesus said, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now to me, this sounds like something needs to take place change and become, talks about a transformation taking place. Now, I know I used this illustration earlier this year on video, but I'll tell you what, there's no better description of what takes place in a person's life when they come into that relationship with Jesus, and Jesus is talking about transformation taking place. So let's look at this risk taker. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. This egg has been transformed. Let me show you. What do I do to transform it? Tell me. Any idea? Do you realize raw eggs will not spin? Only hard-boiled eggs will spin. Because a change has taken place on the inside of this egg. And when Jesus says, unless you change and become like little children, he's talking about inner change. He's talking about change as transformative, and it changes the way we walk, changes the way we move, it changes the way we live. Jesus says, unless you change and become like little children, you're not going to enter to the kingdom of heaven. Darla and I were talking about a friend we know who's made some very bad choices in his past. He seems to be doing better now, but I told her, Unless he has heart change. The outside change he's made now aren't going to take. They're not going to stay. I said he needs an encounter with Jesus. Inner transformation. Jesus is telling here the transformation needs to take place here so we can be ready to embrace his kingdom. So what is transformation like a child? look like? Well, I just got a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, I think a child trusts. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we have a five-week-old grandson. We were up there with him yesterday, and there's just something uh, soothing about sitting there rocking and holding a little one, listening to him breathe, feeling that heartbeat. When it comes to his care and well-being, he is totally dependent on mommy and daddy for life. There's nothing that Porter can do to support himself. We have a nine, an almost nine year old grandson and then Michaela, who's five. And I realized they don't give a thought to where their next meal is going to come from, whether or not they have a roof over their house, or how their clothes magically appear clean in their dressers. So this is something I realized about a child. Children trust, they trust their needs are going to be provided. And they have that expectation that is an arrogant, or or unappreciative. They just know that what they need will be there. Well, maybe they're not always as appreciated as they could be, right? Okay, as parents, we'll be, we'll be honest here. What would it be like, though, if we were to live this way? So I read the story of George Muller, who was a preacher in England in the late 1800s. He founded a number of orphanages that took care of thousands of children providing food, education, and spiritual well-being for the kids. Muller employed a childlike trust in God to provide the needs for his ministry. See, he refused to ask for donations from anybody. He said, instead, he just brought his needs, his requests, and the needs of his kids to the Father in prayer. And he was described like this: said, Muller prayed about everything and expected every prayer to be answered. And more often than not, it happened exactly as he prayed. There are many stories of unsolicited, unsolicited food donations appearing right before they needed it. And it only strengthened his faith in God. On one occasion, very well documented, he, told, he gathered the children together in the orphanage and said, let's pray for our food that God's going to provide. He had no food in the house for all these kids. He sat them down for breakfast, they prayed, and as soon as the prayer was over, a knock came to the door, and a baker brought fresh bread for everybody there. And sooner, just a couple minutes later, the door knocked again, and a milkman. Because his delivery truck had broken down outside the orphanage, brought fresh milk for everybody. Answers like that came all the time from Oler. Did he believe that God would take care of him? That's how I want to live. Yeah, just like that. See, a child doesn't give any thought to how he or she is going to be taken care of. They just assume that their needs are going to be provided. Now, we as parents, yes, we deal with the responsibility. We handle the pressure. We make the decisions. And what is Jesus telling us here? I don't think he's telling us that we need to get away from work and not to work at all, guys. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. We do play our part. However, have you ever noticed how children don't seem to worry? My grandson went out hunting with me last weekend. We had a good time. We went on Saturday morning in the dark, about 5.30 in the morning. And to get to where we were going, we had to cross a ditch with a, with a culvert in there. And I, I stepped down him. I said, I'm going to step down here first. Step down in. And I lifted my hand up to him. I said, okay, Garrett, I want you to grab hold of my hand. And I want you to jump down here. You know what he did? He grabbed hold of my hand. And without a second thought, he jumped off the bank where he was and landed on the culver right beside me. You see, he knew Grandpa was going to be there. I was going to catch him. And I did. He walked very, very uh, unworried alongside me, not worried about any bobcats or coyotes getting him. You know why? I was there. What difference would it make If we were to remember that our Father is always walking alongside us, how would it affect our trust if we were to look back and see times in the past where our needs have been provided, even when times were challenging? Uh, What would it look like next week instead of worrying about things going on around us? that We talked to God about relying on Him and stepping out in trust on Him. Can we learn from a child? I believe we can. That's the second thing I see. Children learn. Researchers say that children between the ages of three to five ask between three to four hundred questions every day. Now, all of you who are parents or grandparents know there's one question that stands out above all the others. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is why. That's right. Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Why are there so many stars? Oh, why, why, why? All, all, all the time, right? A philosopher, John Locke, once said that we were all born with a tabula rasa, or a blank page. And as we begin to observe and think and reflect, that page begins to fill up with the lessons learned and the knowledge gained. In many ways, the world is an exciting and unique playground for every child. I love watching the light bulb go off in the mind of a child. I was downstairs in our basement with my granddaughter this last month getting something out of the closet underneath the stairs. She went in the closet with me. We were pulling stuff out. And looking up, all of a sudden she said, there are stairs there. I said, yeah. She said, where do those stairs go? And my response to her was, well, you just came down into the basement on those stairs. She looked baffled for a moment. And then all of a sudden it was one of those, oh, oh. I said, there you go. See, when I think of the ability of a child to learn, here, here's the object that comes to my mind. Right? Children are like sponges. Okay? They absorb knowledge all the time. And they have a great capacity to absorb. And then they wring it out and they, and they can, can store even more. See, children want to learn. That's why they ask questions. And they'll sit down. They'll listen to you. They'll they'll listen to you read to them. They'll play imaginatively. They'll make up scenarios and games. And if you're willing to sit down and listen, they'll talk to you about their ideas. You see, spending time with a child provides us opportunity to pass along life lessons. But I think even more importantly, when we sit down with a child, it allows us to learn from them. Because didn't Jesus say, unless you become like a little child, right? What do you suppose the disciples learned as they watched Jesus interact with the children and their parents? What do you think they learned as they were were concerned about who was most important? And Jesus has this kid come and stand in their midst saying, hey, if you humble yourself like this child, that's when you're the greatest. Friends, we just need to take that Attitude of being a continual learner. Researcher Susan Engel reports that about four years of age, our curiosity begins to fade. Kids stop growing, stop learning, start stop stretching because they get content, and that only accelerates the older we grow. And at some point in time, we begin to shy away from asking questions. Because we don't, look like, we don't want to look like we don't have the answers, that we're vulnerable or, or ignorant and weak. See, children know they don't know things. That's why they ask questions. My, my dad tells a story of one time we took a family vacation, and he wanted us to learn things. So we often went to places where you could learn, like museums and places like that with some history to it. We were going through the museum one day when my brother suddenly says, Dad, he pulls, he pulls our dad over to where he's Dad, look at that thing. What is it? My dad looked at him and said, uh, that's a fire extinguisher. Okay, curiosity though, right? i would never seen one of those things before. I realize I need to embrace curiosity more. And there's so much to be learned. So much about God, about others, about myself. I need to learn how to do my job better. I mean, a lot of being a learner, it requires taking the mindset and the position of a student, not a teacher. And maybe it starts by asking ourselves the question, what do I need to know that I don't currently know? How have I stretched myself by learning something new? Or what have I learned about God lately? And who have I shared that with? So many facets to becoming a child, like a child as we approach Jesus. You know, that sense of expectation that we're going to see something happen. We're going to watch him at work in our lives. The joy of of living as a follower. I still remember watching a little girl down the road from our house as she danced in her driveway, boundlessly, without thought, to anybody was watching she danced and danced, and there wasn't even any music playing. I mean, there are times with my grandchildren, I'll say, okay, time for dance break, and we'll dance. We don't have music, but we dance. I love that uh, saying dance like what? No one is watching. Dance for joy. I love the, the wonder a child experiences when he sees something, discovers something new for the first time. So I know Porter, one of these days, will discover he has hands. Remember that with a baby? All of a sudden they go, Right? Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Friends, we can learn as we embrace the perspective of a child. this is a critical transformation. Critical transformation that every follower of Jesus must navigate. So what do we do with this? Well, let me give you a couple of ideas for the week ahead. First of all, before you go to bed tonight, I want to ask you to take a few minutes and you list out some of the characteristics of a child that you think of when you think of what a child is like. And if you need some ideas, go watch children play. It's, it's just fascinating to watch them in action, right? And then I want you to build on what you write down. Okay, when you write something down, I want you to build on it. I want you to spend some time with Jesus. I want you to ask him to tell you which of these areas could use some improvement in your own life. And maybe it's the trust area or the play area or the curiosity area. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the Spirit will reveal, but when he does reveal something to you, if you ask him a question, what do I need to work on, you'll receive some direction. And that'll lead to the third thing. When you know which area needs some growth, do one thing this next week to grow that area. If it's trust, take a step out. If it's curiosity, go learn something. Whatever it is, maybe it's play. Go out and play. See, the invitation is to come to Jesus. Jesus. We don't come boldly. We don't come with pride and arrogance. No, we come as a child. We, know we come knowing that we need him and there's nothing we can do on our own to accept this, but to simply accept the invitation and come. I want to close with a couple of pictures. Something that happened a little over a week ago. My grandson decided he wanted to be baptized into a relationship with Jesus. And Darla and I were there as Jared and Crystal baptized their son together. He told me, he said, Grandpa, I'm ready to follow Jesus. This is my next step to take. It was a great night. Afterwards, I told him, I said, Garrett, I'm very proud of you. And buddy, you have 70 years ahead of you to grow and show Jesus to the people you're going to influence And I'm going to help you. The invitation to relationship is extended to everyone. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. If you need to talk about this, we want to talk to you because we want everyone to find the rest that Jesus offers with faith like a child. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. And I thank you that you are our God, that you, you call us to live with faith like a child, to approach you knowing we are totally dependent on you. There's nothing we bring to the table. And you say, good, you've got it. Come. Lord, help us to continue to grow this type of perspective as we lean into you, as we trust in you, as we live in and for you. In Jesus' name, amen.